episode 9, The Sweetness of Being Alive. Life can seem like the ultimate paradox, simultaneously true and untrue. The outer world appears real, yet if you examine the fleeting nature of things, take problems for instance, you'll notice that everything is in a state of flux. Solve one problem and it seems to morph into another. So, is life about problem solving? If you haven't found stability you seek in external circumstances, this podcast may be for you. It's about the one thing that's bigger than your problem. The answer to the question, why would nature put you through this if there was no reward? For more information, please head over to www.premrout.com. This podcast is brought to you by Udo's Choice, made with your health in mind. Health is your birthright and natural state. For more information on our award-winning supplements, go to udoschoice.com. Hello, everyone. I hope you're well. So, this is really... um, trying to do the best, take advantage of the situation, whatever it happens to be. Uh, Not easy, uh, but I've been making my effort, going places uh, as much as I can. But the message that I want to give has something to do not with this COVID, not with our problems, Because there's something going on that is bigger than our problems. We all have problems and we look for a solution to these problems. We want a solution to these problems. So we try everything. We have been inventing things that don't exist for a really long time. And we invent these things and then we believe in these things and then we discuss these things as though if they are real. But they all started with some imagination, some solution to the, to the immediate problem that, that we thought we had. And that hasn't changed. When you look at the, 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 the life cycle of all these people in the world and it's so similar... And their aspirations every day are so similar. How now, how can I say that? Well, get up in the morning and go to a freeway and you will see the same amount of people that are headed in the same direction as you wanting to get to their office in time, frustrated because of all of this is exactly the same. It's like an identical copy of this person and this person and this person and the only thing that's different is the color of the car. The look. Now, that's very, very interesting that here you have a situation where all these people are trying to do the same exact thing as as you're trying to do go to their office, go to this particular place, have some business, do something. 
And Kabir says that there is only one well. And this well, many people are coming and filling up from this well. And the only difference is of the vessel that they're using. Some have decorated vessels, some have not so decorated vessels. But the water is exactly the same in all of these vessels because the water comes from that well. This is, of course, opposite. Because one, here, the world that we have created, and same set of problems for millions of people. And then Kabir is talking about this other thing that is also the same. And it is totally different. It's, it's totally opposed. One is not based on a solution to the problem. But it, ba it is based on an experienced reality. A verified reality. And the other is based on a fantasy. That to this day we are still discussing. To this day we cannot confirm that that is the issue. So, what do I mean? Okay. Let's get down to it. <laughs> so there are people who believe that if you do this, 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 and this, you will go to paradise. So you live a certain way, you do charities, you do austerity, you go to the holy places, and you'll go to paradise. Then there are some people who say, forget it, there is no paradise. There are people who say, God. Then there are people who say, there is no God. They're called atheists, by the way. And that is still being discussed. That is still being discussed. There are still debates about it, whether this is true or not. And then, there's just this one simple truth. You are alive. That's it. You see the difference between one and the other? One is being discussed, other one needs no discussion. It's obvious. You are alive. You don't have to say, I need a test. Let's have a debate on whether I am alive or not. You are alive. The breath comes into you. 
And so far, this energy is pulsing through you. What kind of energy? That one energy that cannot be created, cannot be destroyed. And it is what is putting together this whole universe where it is. Every star that goes from dust to star to dust and the dust itself and the clouds of dust that are in the universe and the planet Earth <laughs> and the oceans and the rivers and the trees and all these that are all around us, the life as it's manifesting, it is alive. And that is where your story, my story, our story begins. Not the curiosity of what will happen to you after you die or the curiosity of what was happening to you before you came here. But to be curious about your existence itself. To embrace your existence itself. Why? Because it has an offering of unparalleled joy for you. The goodness, the sweetness of being alive. Not in a paradox lost in some haze. What is, you know, the obvious questions that float around, that have been floating around since, I guess, a human figured out, I think I should ask some questions. And it's like, what is all this about? Why am I here? I, you know, here we are. Here we are. And what I mean by here we are is not in this room or anything like that. You existing in your little environment, in your little place, wherever you live, you find yourself, maybe you're standing in front of a mirror, maybe you have just gotten up, and there you are, you are alive. You exist. And what does that mean to you? It's not some question. Because there was a time. There were other creatures that were very much like human beings, but weren't human beings. 
Some of them got absorbed into us and some of them didn't make it, disappeared. But here you are. And what does that mean? What does it mean? So I guess I'm asking those questions, but I'm asking a very different type of question. What is it, what possibility does present itself because I am alive? I am told, I have been told, when I was young, I was told, do well in school and you will become something. There was a targeting by formula, reverse engineering of what was considered success. So there's a person who becomes successful, then you reverse engineer yourself, say, okay, he went there, 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 there. So you do the same thing and you'll get there, which is bizarre. Bizarre logic. Totally bizarre logic. It's like, go to the airport, jump on an airplane, and you will get to where you're going. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You got to figure out where does that airplane go? You know, uh, somebody actually um, was on an airplane once, and he was a soldier, and he was just coming back from an engagement, and he had been away from his home for six months or whatever, and He's on his way back and they, it was April, it happened to be April Fool's. So they made an announcement that that airplane was going somewhere else where he wanted to go was somewhere else and he was like, oh my God. And he, can you imagine, he finally gets on the airplane and he's like excited, I finally will go and get to see my family and you know, everything and he's really excited and then comes the announcement, it's not, we're, we're not going there, we're going somewhere else. Disappointment, right? How many disappointments have you been through? So this reverse engineering business that happens, is it valid? Does it work? Nobody questions that. But we don't question, hey, hey, since I'm alive, just a very simple basic question, since I'm alive, do I get something? I mean, is there a consequence? a true consequence of being alive. Now we know that there's a consequence of taking on responsibilities and take, having disappointments and having pain and having sorrow and having this and having that. But is there a natural consequence of being alive? And the answer to that is yes, of course there is. 
And that consequence of being alive is beautiful. Because it has something to do with joy. It has something to do with understanding. It has something to do with clarity. It has something to do with peace. It has something to do with answers. Because I can tell you one thing. If our mind is very, very good at asking the questions, then the heart is very, very good at accepting the right answers. And that's why you need that heart. Not just keep asking questions, not just keep asking questions, but to know. Whether there is a possibility that exists just because you are alive. You don't remember this. But when you came into this world, you had to make a monumental effort. I mean monumental effort. And when I say monumental, I mean it was like bloody rocket ships going off. And you were just a baby. Just a baby. And why would nature put you through this? if there was no reward. Because always nature is weighing effort, reward. A cheetah will pursue its prey only up to the point that it knows that this is what, this is how much I will get from if I catch this creature. And if it's becoming too much, let it go. Find another one. So a cheetah isn't going to run for miles after a little mouse. Which is nice for a mouse. This, this, this is a very incredible balance that is understood. And it's, it's, a, it's a very basic thing in nature. So why would nature put you through this if there is no reward? If the reward only comes from <laughs> what is called my yeah? My yeah? <laughs> Maya? <laughs> Which in Hindi, of course, means the grand illusion. It, that's exactly what Maya is. This is mine, that's yours. 
as defined. This is the illusion. Because there is that which was, is, will be. You weren't, you are, you won't be. And then there is that which you are fascinated by, totally dedicated to, devoted to, which wasn't, isn't, and won't be. And so somewhere in this, strategy has to change. And what's going on? You were. So if you look at that energy that's everywhere, that's where you came from. But right now, so far you are alive, you are not that energy, but that energy is in you. And one day when you go bye-bye, <laughs> you will go back to that energy. Indistinguishable. But so far you are alive, that energy is in you, and so far you are alive, you have the opportunity to be able to experience that energy that beauty, that infinite, that is in you. That's the reward. And nothing is going to feel complete. Because believe me, you were not brought forth into this world by this nature to be able to make circuit boards. You were not brought forth into this existence to be able to vacuum your rug. To be able to press all the proper buttons on a washing machine, which I cannot do. I have tried, I have tried, I have tried, I can't figure out the logic. I can program old type video machines to record at the right time, I can do that. But the washing machines, <laughs> I haven't figured out. You were not brought forth into this world to get behind a steering wheel. You were not brought forth into this world to have your arguments. You were not brought forth into this world to be able to frustrate yourself to no end. But you do and manage to do every day. Pretty easy these days. On the contrary, you were brought forth to experience Something beautiful. I mean clues. Clues? Why are you in an experiencing machine? If torture is what you're going to have, the best thing is not to be in an experienced machine. My point, medical 
doctors will understand what I'm talking about. When somebody comes and they've been in a really bad accident or they have a really bad problem and they, instead of being in pain and, and, and all that, they put them in coma, induced coma. And that way you don't experience anything. So why put you in this experiencing machine? Experience everything. I mean, my goodness, what do we experience? Especially those who you know, if they look at you a certain way, just, hmm, you know something is wrong. Wow! You almost, well, extrasensory perception. Absolutely. A twinkle in the eye of the one you love. Only a twinkle? A twinkle? Whose eyes have LEDs in them? Nobody's. But a twinkle in a person's eye. And you know it. You know something is good. A smile. This. This is getting too much. I mean, talk about experience. This is really getting wild. I mean, this is really wild. Wild stuff. You, you can get on the phone with the one you love and just by the tone of their voice, tone of their voice, you can tell how they are. This is getting a little intense. In, in terms of talk about experience, this is a little too much. The, the person walks slowly versus walks a little bit faster, the speed, and you know things are good, things are bad, things are this, things are that. <laughs> How can all this be? How? Do you know? And you are capable of all things that you can experience. You are capable of experiencing peace. And only this machine can do it. That's how good this machine is in terms of experiencing things. This machine 
can experience the absolute most incredible thing to experience that you could ever, 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 ever experience, and it's called peace. You can experience joy. You can experience clarity. That's what this machine is capable of experiencing. And so far, what have you placed in front of it to experience? Frustration, anger, fear, doubt, disappointment. Oh, by the way, the machine does an incredible job of experiencing doubt. When doubt is placed in front of it, it does an incredible job of experiencing doubt. When fear is placed in front of it, it does an incredible job of experiencing fear. When anger is placed in front of it, it does an incredible job of experiencing anger. But when peace is placed in front of it, it does an incredible job of experiencing peace. When joy is placed in front of it, it does an incredible job of feeling joy. And you are the party that places these things in front of you. The effort you must make the effort that you must make that I must make in my life is not to put anger in front of it. Not to put fear in front of it. But always, 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 as much as you can, to assure to put in front of it that which is magnificent to experience. I mean, <laughs> you know, you got one box in front of you and it's full of rancid almonds. Rancid almonds. You got another box in front of you and it's got incredible, cold, wonderful ice cream. Then you got another box in front of you and it's got just the most exquisite chocolate truffles. 
Are you going to keep making the mistake of saying, well, I forget what was in that first box. Let me taste it again. Oh, it's rancid almonds. Ooh, I don't like that. Oh, that's horrible. That make, makes my mouth terrible. Terrible. Ooh, too. Spit it out. This is no good. Oh, this is terrible. This is horrible. This is, this is yuck. I never want to experience that again. Then you go, okay, what's the second one now? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is so good. This is so nice. This is ice cream. Makes my mouth feel good. I remember my children, you know, they would go, when they were very young, they'd go, oh, yeah, daddy, I want some ice cream. It's like, why do you want ice cream? It's because it makes my mouth feel good. And then you got these chocolate truffles, and it's like, you try that, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes my mouth. And then you go, wait a minute, what was that first one again? And isn't that the way you feel like after ang being angry, after being in fear, after being in disappointment? It's like, yuck, I don't ever want to do that again. What you do. What you do. And somehow you have to take this box and put it out of reach. So you don't keep bringing this into equation. You have to now remember that there's only two boxes. And these two have something wonderful in them. The ice cream and the chocolate truck. This can only be done if your objective is clear to you. This cannot be done otherwise. It's like having all the tools. It's like having a GPS. It's like having a map. All the road sign in the world. But you don't know where you want to go. And if you don't know where you want to go, a GPS has no software in it to make, to inspire you to go to a particular place. This is a decision you have to make. You have to make a decision that you want to go to this particular place. You can then program it into the GPS. You can use the map to read where you are and how to get to this particular place that you have decided that you want to go. But so far, you stay indecisive. And why are you indecisive? You are indecisive because you are barely able, barely able to survive the water is just below your nose. And you're standing on your tiptoes. And the water is below your nose. Long time ago, I was going through American Samoa. I went to this beach. And this, there was a nice beach, and then there was a little 
deep part and then there was a sandbar. And so I managed to get to the sandbar and it was very nice, water, water all around. And the sandbar, and I was only, you know, up to, up to my chest in the water and it was all good. But that was at the low tide and the tide was coming in. And pretty soon the water started to rise and 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 all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I have to swim. I can't stand anymore. And we have created a system. And I was watching a documentary about the social media thing, where they have given rewards to you, and this is people with the thumbs up or thumbs down and stars and stuff like that, and you are so occupied with this reward, you want that little reward. You are so desperate. You are so desperate. You, with the infinite in you, you are desperate for a stupid little reward for which you will abandon your own existence so that you can get that little reward. A little thumbs up from people you don't even know. That's the trick. <laughs> so you went through this incredible effort to do this, to bury your head on a device so you can get reward from a person you don't even know, which is an arbitrary reward. The issue is to recognize the self. The issue of the world is to recognize each other. But if you don't know yourself, what is the point of knowing each other? The other person is just as confused <laughs> as you are. If you're just going to be a photocopy, what's the point of reading all the pages? If they're just photocopies of each other, just read one page and you've read all of them. All the billions of people on the face of this, you, you, you know, I'm glad it's not that way. There are people who are not into social media because they don't even have a phone. And they live in a place where there's no point in having a phone. They don't even have a regular phone. They don't even have anybody to talk to. And there are people who are happy. But more and more and more and more and more and more and more, we are headed out of the circle of our life, of our existence, and onto the circle of an existence that is just a photocopy of other people. Oh. What will happen? Ethics issues about if, if we have robots. 
Nobody asked what would happen if we all became robots. Because we're getting a lot closer to being a robot. And that question is not dealt with, not talked about. Because this is. This is an opportunity to experience that which was, is, and will be. Because That's why you are here. Because you have the capacity to experience that infinite. Your purpose made, purpose built, Not to solve these problems of the world, because, excuse me, right now we have created more problems in the world than ever were, and that would probably not even have been around if we weren't around. So we have created problems, but that's not the reason why we're here. We are here with this machine, in my opinion, okay, <laughs> in my opinion, to experience peace. Otherwise, there was no reason why this machine could experience peace. Dogs can bark. They don't have the whole mechanism of being able to articulate language words like we can. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 I go to Germany, I see a German shepherd barking, sounds exactly the same as the German shepherd I had at home. In India, I had the one in Malibu or in California, and the one in Miami, I mean, they, they all sound exactly alike. It's not like he's speaking in German and this one is in English and that one was in Hindi and that. No, they were just like exactly the same thing. But you do. You can communicate. They can communicate, but you can communicate far more precisely they can communicate what they need to have communicated, which is, that's mine. Get away. And you can communicate a lot more. I don't know if dogs bark in poetry, but you can. <laughs> but it's not called barking, you can recite it. You can take an abstract idea, concept, and run with it. I don't know, you know, I, I know dogs dream because I've seen them running while they're sleeping. 
I have two little puppies. I don't know what they dream about. You know, probably scratching my door, coming to come in. Because that's when I'm there, that's, what, that's all they feel like doing. And of course, when they come in, it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm here, lie down, you know, wherever they want to lie down. And then it's like, okay, um, give me something to eat. And then, okay, I want to go out now. And then a few minutes later, I want to come back in now. And then, give me something to eat. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not going to just let you out, back in, give you something to eat. You know, it's like, make up your mind. What do you want to do? You, you want to stay here? You can stay here. As human beings, we are capable of understanding the answers. Wow! Understanding the answers? Not just to question, but to understand the answers? To know? Why I am alive? To know that I came from the infinite? And that to the infinite I will go? That I am nothing like the infinite. But the infinite is in me. And what is this like? It is that now I can experience the infinite. And that's the good news. That's the beautiful news. And to tell you the truth, that's really what's going on. But the main thing is, you need to understand something about you, and that is that you are capable of feeling peace. That's your potential. And whether you achieve other potentials that you have, Fine. But you got to. You got to achieve this one. It's called peace. It's called joy. It's called understanding in your life. Every single day, making that time to go within from the heart and accepting the answers. I don't care how many questions you ask. Ask away. But I also want you to open your heart and accept the answers. Because the answers are never far from the question.
just a different place. To be rejoicing every single day that you are alive, not feeling bored. Your heart wants to rejoice every single day that you are alive, your mind wants to be bored because it wants to engage with others. The heart wants to engage with the self because this is what the heart can do. Mind cannot do that. You have the story. Your story. This is what your story is. Imagine. Imagine how interesting the story of Cinderella would be. If there was no fairy godmother. If there were no glass sandals. If there wasn't a prince who wanted to have a ball. If there were no mice to turn into horses and there was no pumpkin to turn into a chariot. And there was no stepmother. She just had her mother. How interesting would that story be? I think it'd be boring. I mean, can you imagine a story once upon a time, not so long ago, lived a person. They had their mother, they had their father. They lived in a nice house. Happily ever after. <laughs> no, 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 no. It needs the drama. It needs sadness. Because that's the way mind engages. Imagination. The heart just wants the facts. Simple. Clear. Not, it is not the level of challenge. It is not the level of challenge. Ram's challenge was huge. He's already, he, he, has, a, he has a kingdom, he has soldiers, but he's been exiled. So he doesn't. He has a brother he loves very much. He has a wife who loves him. He loves her. These three are going to go out 
for 14 years be together in the forest in the exile then what is the level of challenge here? Ooh, it's actually huge. And, and the reason is because when Ram is just a teenager, uh, the, uh, his teacher comes and says to his father, he says, send, send your children with me and I will teach them how to fight. And the king goes, but they're too young. He said, yeah, but I've got a problem. The teacher says, well, every time I do my rituals, these, these demons come and disturb me. I want them to kill the demons. <laughs> and Ram and Lakshman go out there and they've got their bows and they got their arrows and they're just slaying the demons left and right. And these demons live in the forest. So they've already made enemies. They've got enemies everywhere. They come back. Ram is older now. He's going to be crowned the prince, the king. And then the whole thing happens. And so they have to go to this forest. It is not just a forest. It is a place which is void of all the luxuries that Ram is used to, but also full of enemies. A little more challenging than people lead you to believe. Friends far and few in between. In the midst of all this, Sita gets stolen. Challenge? Yeah. Would you feel unlucky? Would you feel disappointed? Can you imagine Ram and Sita? He loves her, she loves him, and they cannot consummate their marriage. Why? Because they're in the forest and Ram cannot afford if Sita became pregnant in those circumstances. Another mouth to feed, another body to protect would be impossible. So they've gotten married and Sita is incredibly beautiful. Ram is incredibly handsome. And they can't even consummate their marriage. And she's been stolen now. A little challenge? <laughs> but even amongst this challenge, even amidst this challenge, something is not lost. And that resilience to make it right and even if it means to have, oh my God, an army of monkeys 
monkeys? I mean, monkeys that just would scatter the first opportunity they would get everywhere? Discipline and monkeys? Not possible. I mean, there's bear in there too, bears. And they're a little better, I think, than the monkeys. But his commitment, his resilience changes them, changes the monkeys, changes the bears. Even changes a little squirrel. So anyways, your possibility Whatever the challenge in front of you may be, your possibility is still unchanged. And that possibility is that you can feel peace. And whatever is happening, I want to remind you that that's why you are here on the face of this earth, to feel that infinite, to feel that divine, to feel that peace inside of you. If Ram can accomplish what he, can ac he accomplished because of his resilience, because of his determination, with tools that were just nothing, <laughs> but he managed to succeed, Imagine what you can do. You may not be wrong, but imagine what you can do. Celebrate this life. Celebrate this existence. Every day that you have it. And what better way to celebrate it than to experience the joy, the clarity, the peace, the divine, the infinite that is inside of you. That's what I wanted to tell you. So thank you very much. Take care of yourself and I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, courtesy of the Timeless Today app. If you want to learn more about what Prem Rao talks about, he offers a practical online course called Peak. To help you understand and experience personal peace, go to premrao.com. That's R-A-W-A-T and click on Peak. Prim's book, Hear Yourself, How to Find Peace in a Noisy World, published by HarperCollins, is now available. For further information, go to hearyourselfbook.com. If you have any questions for Prim Rout about his new book or Life's Essentials podcast, please email us at lifeessentials with primrout at gmail.com. <music>